Welcome to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. My name is Sandra, and I'm the virtual mom bestie you didn't know you needed. Grab a cup, make yourself comfortable, and allow me to spill the tea on motherhood. Welcome back to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. If you're here listening, then I am going to assume that you're one of my virtual mom besties. So from mom friend to mom friend, we have a very important topic to cover today, and that is the awful comparison trap that we find ourselves in so often. We compare ourselves to other moms, to other women, to other families, and feel like they're doing certain things differently and better or succeeding in certain areas more than we are. And often we are basing that on the highlight reel that is presented to us in a perfectly curated, well-lit way through social media. So I want to dive deep into this topic today and help us understand why we get caught in this comparison trap, how it makes us feel, what specifically we are comparing so that you know you're not alone because it happens to the best of us, and also kind of dive into maybe how we can climb our way out of this rabbit hole of a trap. So let's dive in. So I guess where I want to start is I want to say that I put up a poll on Instagram recently where I asked my mom community if they ever find themselves in this sort of comparison trap. And the answer was yes. And I'm sure there were many more moms that felt like, yes, I do, but didn't really want to admit that. So I took it a step further and put up a question box to give the moms that are struggling with this the space to share with me specifically in what ways they compare themselves to other moms. So I have quite a list of ways that we find ourselves comparing to other moms and I kind of want to list them off one by one and kind of dissect them and, you know, unpack this. Like let's, let's pretend like we're in therapy and let's just get into it. So one of the first ones that I saw so often was her child or her baby is meeting milestones faster than mine. And therefore, that means I feel like in some way I'm failing as a mother. So that one's pretty heavy to me because babies and children, they all develop at their own pace. I have learned that. That is one of the most important things that you need to learn as quickly as possible, whether it's your first baby and you're comparing to your friends' babies or, you know, cousins, you know, your nephews and nieces, or if it's your second or third baby and you're comparing them to each other. Every child is completely unique and individual. I learned this as early on as when we were um, trying to follow specific like sleep and eating schedules you know from like taking care of babies things like that where 
we never perfectly fit into a schedule. My baby never perfectly slept from 8 to 10 and then 8 for 15 minutes and then we did play and then he fell asleep again. Like, no, because he wouldn't sleep that long. He wasn't the best napper as a baby. So our schedule was always off after the first nap. And then I felt like such a failure. I cannot even tell you how awful it made me feel that my baby and I were failing at something so early on. And that's probably really common. Like you might be sitting there saying like, wow, yeah, that we could never perfectly adhere to a schedule either. But you know what? Babies are completely unpredictable, okay? So I had to learn that and realize I cannot control my baby. And if you're very type A, that can be really, really challenging to accept. So, you know, for me, it kind of started at that point. And then my son just so happened to do everything very ahead of whatever schedules, you know, the developmental milestone schedules were. So I never really found myself comparing much in that sense, but I know that it is so common. And I will say, when it was time for him, you know, to start walking, all the moms around me who had babies the same age, they were already walking. And for my son, he was like pulling himself up to standing and sidestepping way sooner than all of those babies. And he had his little walker, you know what I mean? And he would like run with that thing, but he just didn't want to let go. So it's like he knew how to walk. He had the ability. He like discovered his legs and, you know, they were strong and he could go. But something was holding him back. Some like a little bit of like fear or, you know, uncertainty about like, can I really do this? So I think it's really important to remember that like, your baby, your child will eventually do these things. They may just need more encouragement or more time. Like not everyone is ready to do the same thing at the same time. You know, there are guidelines, right? So if you're far surpassing those guidelines and your baby hasn't started talking or walking, so then maybe it's time to, you know, speak with your pediatrician And just see if there's anything else that you can do as a parent, whether it's like some kind of um, PT or seeing an OT or speech therapist, things like that. And that can help them and guide them to really feel confident in developing these skills. So I just think it's so important to know that if your baby isn't saying mama or walking as quickly as her baby, that's okay. That does not mean that you as a mother or a parent are in any way, shape, or form failing. Yes, you have a job and a responsibility to set your child up for success. So if your baby should be talking by now and he or she is not yet talking, if you've done all the things, like you're talking to them all the time, right? So that they can hear words and and see how you're using your mouth to make sounds and to speak or you have music or the TV going, right? I know we're like anti-screen time, but, you know, certain certain shows or like videos of like songs are, I think, acceptable, especially as a way to first learn how to speak. So if you're doing all these things and your child is just not quite getting there, 
You're doing all the right things. So please don't be so hard on yourself. Every child meets milestones at their own time in their own pace. So please, please, please stop comparing your child to another child. Please, please, please. I know, I know it's hard to compare. I know when you go to the playground and you see other little kids that look like, you know, your your child's age, that it's so hard not to compare. I think potty training is another one of those things. My nephew started potty training at like 18 months, which is crazy young, especially for a boy. And I never let that affect my feelings towards my own son potty training. So my son is six months younger and he is now two and a half. We tried to potty train one weekend and he was like kind of getting it, but kind of not. And we just kind of decided, okay, he's not quite there yet. And that's okay. I'm not putting pressure on him or my husband and I just because his cousin is already potty trained and has been for a long time. They're both the most sweet and adorable little toddler boys, but they're so different and they're going to do things at their own pace and that's okay. And I don't compare them because they're different and they're all, they're both going to have their own unique life experience. So I know it's hard not to compare where your kids are at, but just give your children and yourself some grace and patience. The next one I saw multiple times is that her home is clean and tidy and Pinterest worthy and mine is not. Let's remember that a highlight reel is literally a perfectly curated, usually also edited photo or like if she's sharing something to her Instagram stories, like I guarantee you if she's sharing her kitchen she probably shoved a bunch of crap out from the background. I used to be guilty of that. And now, because I want to change the narrative, I will just show my kitchen exactly as it is. When I'm sharing my day-to-day, I'm like being real. If your house looks like a toy-filled bomb went off, that is completely normal. I think that that is what most... People's homes look like that have children residing in them. Maybe there are some women out there that have a really, really hard time with their home being a mess, so they spend a ton of time cleaning. But so think about it. So if they're spending a lot of time cleaning, they're perhaps not spending as much time having that good quality time with their children. If they're always focused on the mess, then it's hard to be really present on whatever fun activity it is that you are doing with your children because you're already thinking about how messy it will be, how much there will be to clean up. So you're not really able to enjoy that special moment. So if that's you, if you're the mom that's always feeling this way that you can't really enjoy the moment then, you know, it's time to maybe figure out a way to tell yourself, like, it's okay if the house gets a little bit messy. Like, we will have time or allocate time to clean it up later. 
But right now, I'm spending time, important quality time with my children, and if it gets messy, it gets messy. And that might be incredibly hard to break, but I encourage you to try it. And so for the moms that are feeling less than because her home looks so clean and tidy and yours is messy, just remember that having a messy home is not a horrible thing, right? Like, it may mean that you just spent the whole day playing with your kids and didn't spend the time cleaning it because you wanted to be in the moment. So just remember that. And then think about the mom whose home is so clean and the fact that maybe she would love to be able to be more in the moment, that it bothers her that she can't help but immediately clean up after her kids. Don't just see what's on the surface. There are always things below the surface that we are burying away and hiding and don't want people to know about us because we want to sort of give off this perfect, you know, outer appearance, even if it's not real. And if you're sitting there listening, thinking, okay, but I physically go to her home and it's spotless and she has kids and my house looks like a zoo, then just remember, okay, so like, We have this tendency to maybe have an untidy home, hear that guests are coming, and quickly, quickly rush and like clean up, shove stuff in a closet, quickly clean up a mess, and then the the person coming over walks in, and what is the first thing we say? Oh, just ignore the mess, like sorry for the mess. And then you're looking around and you're like, what are you talking about? It looks beautiful in here. Like it looks perfect. I've been guilty of that. That is something that I have been working really hard to remove from my vocabulary that either A, I accept my home as it is when someone is coming over and I'm cool with it. Or B, I tidy up a little bit because I want where we're going to hang out to feel somewhat tidy And then I'm not going to apologize for the rest of it feeling messy. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Something to practice. So clean homes, messy homes, it literally does not matter. It does not define your worth as a mom. So many of us say, oh my gosh, we just spent like an hour cleaning and 10 minutes later, it looks like a bomb went off again. It's just, this is the season of life and it's really, really, really challenging to keep our homes clean, especially our kitchens. My husband will do the dishes, clean up, and we make one meal and there's just crap everywhere. It is impossible. We have two dogs. There is always hair, hairballs like flying through. Okay, that's dramatic. They're not like flying through the air. No, it's not like that, but you know, I have dark wood floors and a golden dog. So yeah, you see all the hair. Yeah, like it's not perfect. The laundry piles up. I always tell people like it's perfectly okay if for a few days you need to pull the clean clothes out of the dryer or the laundry basket because you haven't folded them yet. No one is going to like die if you do not perfectly fold the laundry right away it's okay. We are busy. 
we have jobs or we have other things that we do or maybe we just want to focus on our kids. Like my husband and I, we don't do a lot of housework on the weekends because we want to be really present with our child. So yeah, come Monday, I kind of feel like our house is a hot mess and it's not my favorite way to start the Monday. Like you want to start the week with like a a tidy home and laundry done, like everything, you know, ready to go for the week. But I don't know. I just would rather spend the time with my son and then clean and do laundry, you know, sort of as we go. I mean, granted, my husband and I both work from home. So we have that luxury of throwing in laundry and, you know, folding it at lunchtime or like, yes, I realize maybe this doesn't work for everyone. You know, maybe you can't grocery shop on your lunch break and you have to do it on the weekend, right? I'm just saying it's okay if your house gets messy. The next thing I saw a lot of was, oh, she, you know, bounced back so quickly postpartum or she's had multiple babies and she looks so good or even, you know, she always looks so put together. All of our bodies are completely different. You know, we are built differently. We gain weight differently during pregnancy and we lose weight differently and that's okay. Some of us eat better than others. Some of us work out more. You know, like I hate working out. (laughs) I'm just saying like it's not realistic to compare your body to someone else's body. It's just not. And like one thing that I thought was really interesting is I hear a lot of women say like, oh, I've also been breastfeeding because I thought the weight was going to just fall off and it hasn't. But like, look at her breastfeeding and her weight is falling off. We're all different. That's all I can say. And then breastfeeding is a whole nother comparison of like, oh, well, she's able to breastfeed her babies and I can't for whatever reason. So I feel less than. I just want you to know that no matter how you feed your baby, whether it's breast milk, formula, a combination of breast milk and formula, whether you end up doing the baby-led weaning or you make organic purees instead of buying the, the baby food jars, or whether you end up feeding your kids organic food, home-cooked, or just heating up frozen food, your worth is not based on any of that. Uh, Yes, like I am all for like team, yes, like let's feed our kids healthy. Let's try to not feed them sugar and like, but it's not perfect. Like I went into motherhood saying like my kid is going to eat all organic, all healthy, like we're vegetarian, right? But you know what? Recently I've started to let him have some sugar and I was like, he will never have added sugar ever. Okay, well, things happen. You go to birthday parties. The first couple I was like, no cupcake for you, sorry. And then I started to kind of feel bad about it. And I was like, okay, like maybe for special occasions. And then like things get slack, right? And then you see that, that meme. I've seen it so many times. I bet you've seen it where it's two long slides at like a playground and two kids going down them. And on one side, it says breastfed kid. And on the other side, it says um, formula fed. Okay, now I can't think of how the meme goes. But either way, like they're both going down the slide at the same time. Like they're going to end up in the same place. What do, what's the other one where it's like, um, my kid was breastfed and now he has a face tattoo. (laughs) Kids are going to turn out however they're going to turn out. And whether you breastfeed or you don't, 
or you feed them organic or you don't, they're going to be who they are. I'm just saying, if you feed them organically, they may have a few fewer toxins deep within their body, which may affect their long-term health one day. But as far as who they are, (laughs) they're going to be the same. So please do not beat yourself up. Organic food is expensive as fuck. Like groceries, if you didn't know, have gone up like 15% or something. And if you have a toddler, they gobble up berries like faster than I don't even know what. It is so expensive. So please do not feel guilty because you don't buy everything organic or because you give your kid a lot of frozen food. It's okay. Cannot all serve up Pinterest worthy meals to our kids. Like, I see how some moms put their kids' lunch boxes together and make little faces out of the food and things like that. And I'm like, wow, that is so cute. And like, if I was the kid, I would love that. But like, at the end of the day, it doesn't freaking matter. It doesn't matter. So I'm just saying. Don't feel like because this mom posts these adorable lunches that you also have to do it. Like, you don't. You don't. And you know what? Your kid isn't seeing that post. Your kid isn't seeing her highlight reel. Your kid only knows what's going on in your home, at least while they're little. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. So, anyway, I really, I was talking about, like, bouncing back and bodies and all that, but... It just, we have to have realistic expectations of ourselves. You are not her. Whatever mom you are thinking of right now that you compare yourself or wish you could be more like, you're not her. You are you. And you are exactly who you're supposed to be for your child. Please remember that. Your child doesn't care if your stomach is fluffy or if you have stretch mark. Your child this summer wants a happy mom that's going to throw on that bathing suit and play with them. Not the mom that won't get in the pool because she won't get undressed because she feels self-conscious. Do not deprive your child of that joy just because you're comparing to other moms. I realize that takes a whole like layer of confidence and but we have to work on becoming confident in our own skin in who we are as the mother to our children because our children are our focus not her and her children so i just want you to remember that like you are you and you are exactly as you are supposed to be so then i saw a couple of other ones Her and her husband look like they get along so well and have like this perfect marriage or her kids just look so well behaved all the time. We have no idea what goes on behind closed doors at her house. Based on just like my own experience and speaking with moms that I know personally or online, most of us, most all of us, have some struggles with our marriage and our relationship with our partner after having a baby. I have talked about this so many times. We're sleep deprived. We become resentful because we do more than them. There are so many reasons why we argue with our partners after we have a baby. And 
So many couples like hide it behind closed doors. They will never openly admit to you that she and her husband are struggling or have struggled or are fighting that week, whether it's big or small. Like the bickering and bitching, it was like nonstop for my husband and I for about a year after we had our son. This is so incredibly normal and common. People just don't want to air out their dirty marital laundry. People want to make it seem like they're so happy. And maybe we do that because that's how we really want to feel. And if we admit that our relationship isn't perfect, then we're like, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know if, you, if you're understanding like what I'm trying to get at here. Then it means like we're admitting there are flaws. Do you know what I mean? So based on having talked about this on Instagram so many times, I cannot tell you how many moms and dads have reached out saying like, wow, I feel so seen. I feel validated. I had no idea it was everyone. I thought it was just me and my husband. And I think a lot of this comes down to our unrealistic expectations of ourselves. How we thought before we had a child that having a baby would just strengthen the relationship we have with our partner. And I will say like it does. It, I mean it does. You, you create this life and bring this life into the world that you have to care for together on a team, right? But it can be really challenging, especially at first in navigating this new, it was just the two of you. And now like just the whole dynamic has shifted and changed. And it's a lot to navigate. Like it's a lot. So we can feel really, really discouraged when we're pregnant and we're like, oh my God, this is going to make our relationship so much stronger. And then for a while, it actually weakens our relationship and like highlights all the flaws that we have and the way that we communicate and our views on things then it's like wow is our marriage broken like are we gonna make it through this and I'm here to tell you more than likely you will it just takes time and it takes really strong communication and voicing how you feel and what you need from each other but Yeah, like it's like that expectation of like, oh, like motherhood will be just pure bliss and like I'm going to love being a mom and then you become a mom and you're like, holy crap, this is so much harder than I ever imagined. This is not how I pictured it or maybe you struggled with your mental health postpartum or your baby was in the NICU or you struggled with your fertility to get to this point. Motherhood is so much harder than most of us ever can imagine that it will be like you really don't understand until you're in it you can read all the books people can tell you about it but until you are wearing the title of being a mom you don't realize how little time you have how freaking tired you're going to be and how much resentment can build for those people around you that aren't being overly helpful you don't realize how much it's going to change your relationships yourself your fears, your wants, it changes everything. So when we have these unrealistic expectations of what it's going to be like, and then it's not that way, we often can feel like a failure. Wow, she makes this look so easy, but it's so hard for me. Or I feel so overwhelmed and she looks so happy in all her pictures. 
And it's remembering that that is not necessarily realistic, right? Like she may also feel overwhelmed. She just doesn't show it to the outside world. You don't know what she's burying beneath the surface. And so having expectations and having those unmet expectations will rob you of joy faster than any successful criminal that robs homes for a living. (laughs) I can't think of one specifically. I was going to say the robbers in Home Alone, but honestly, they were never successful. So (laughs) I always say that though, that expectations are the thief of joy. Go into motherhood without expectations. If you're pregnant right now listening, go into even birth, labor, delivery without expectations because so often things will change in the moment and you have to be flexible and that is what's so important in motherhood, in parenthood, in, in how we view ourselves versus the outside world and others is just remembering that we cannot meet all of our expectations. And sometimes we're going to feel like we have shortcomings and we have flaws. And I'm telling you, being a mom will amplify your own flaws, it will amplify the flaws of your husband, of your own parents, of your friends, of everyone around you. Because suddenly you have this new vantage point to life because you're looking at things from this new role of this protector of this tiny human. And as they grow, you also see things from their vantage point and it just changes your perspective on everything. And so that said, it's really important that we give ourselves grace and we don't also compare ourselves to other moms and parents because we are who we are. So I think it's really important that we just take a moment to reflect and think about what we have and not what we don't have. I think that is a key piece to mindfulness, to being present, to focusing on our blessings, if you will, versus the things that are lacking in our life. So another example I can think of is like before I had my son, I would think about like how I would look as a mom. I would try to picture myself as a mom. And I would do so, I think, based on how I would see, like, influencers on Instagram that, you know, recently became moms before me and how they still look so put together and, like, they have makeup on when they show up every day and they're wearing cute outfits and they, like, bounce back quickly. And you have to be realistic. You have to remember that those women do this for a living. So they have to put on makeup. They have to wear these outfits that they're promoting so that they can make money to care for their family. They may be struggling behind the scenes. And what's nice is more and more influencers have been opening up about their mental health or infertility struggles or things like that. And it's just, it's so important to realize that they may have a face of makeup on and have a smile on But they may be going through something behind the scenes. They did not actually want to put on makeup. They don't feel like mustering up a smile. But they have to because this is their job. So it's important to remember that. To remember that if you're a stay-at-home mom, for example, you don't have to put on makeup every day. Unless you you really want to because you like how having makeup on makes you feel. And like I had this, this 
picture of how I would look as a mom and like the types of clothes I would wear. That is not realistic. I am in leggings 90% of the time. And you know why? Because wearing tight jeans is not comfortable to sit on the ground with your child playing. It's just not. And the little shorts you can't wear because you can't have your booty hanging out when you're bending over to pick up your baby or your toddler. So many things that I pictured for myself are not realistic. You know, like you see so many moms that like chop their hair off after they have babies. And you know why? It's because we never have time to shower and wash our hair. So we do whatever is the easiest way, which is usually, for me at least, dry shampoo and picking up the clothes off the ground that I wore yesterday. If you guys could see how I roll into daycare drop-off, I record my podcast in a giant walk-in closet and I'm looking around and there are so many beautiful pieces of clothing, bags, shoes, accessories, and I roll into daycare every day, literally so often in the exact outfit from the day before. And I am always like, I wonder if they think I am like a hobo or homeless or I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So that's just my reality. You know, it's okay. It's okay that I never wear the clothes in here. What I really need to do though is stop buying all these cute clothes because I think I'm going to wear them and then I never do. And then they go to waste and whatever. So I'm just saying, have less expectations of yourself and of your kids. And I think we will all be happier and stop comparing. Just stop. Okay. So I was thinking about this. Someone's highlight reel is not a baseline for comparison. I think it's also important to remember that all of our circumstances are different. Okay, we are all at a different starting point. We all have, you know, more or less resources than the other. Some of us have family nearby that can help or we have the financial means to hire a nanny or send our children to daycare while others maybe have to stay home with their kids because childcare is more expensive than what they're actually bringing in for their income. There are so many circumstances. We're already not all starting at the exact same place. So how is it even fair or realistic for us to compare ourselves to one another? Does that make sense? Everyone's circumstances are differently. Your your past experience is going to kind of shape how you are as a mom, as a parent, how you do things. We just cannot compare because we are not even starting at the same place. The moral of the story today is like, let's just all stop comparing ourselves. (laughs) To other women, to other moms, stop comparing your kids. If you do it, we all do it. Like, I want you to know that this is completely normal, but that we as a society need to try to stop because we will always feel like we can't measure up. We will feel like we're failing and that's, it's not fair to us and it's not fair to our kids. We should be modeling to our children that we are comfortable in our own skin And that we love ourselves exactly as we are. So, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to say today. So, I hope that this was helpful if you do find yourself in the comparison trap. Yeah, you're not alone. But we have to stop. (laughs) 
So thank you, thank you, thank you for being one of my virtual besties. Thank you for tuning in. If you are enjoying the show, please, please, please share it with your friends. Please scroll down and click the stars or leave a short review. That way more moms can find this podcast and it would mean the world to me. Thanks for tuning in. For more, follow along on Instagram at mybestmomfriend. I'll see you again next time.